episode of the Let's Get Busy podcast presented by the Kutztown University Small Business Development Center. My name is Dakota Hurst and I am one of the business consultants here at the KUSBDC. Uh, joining me today to discuss running and producing a podcast and how to manage content is Ariel Thomas, a former Kutztown alumni who is currently the social media manager for Reminder Media. Ariel, how are you doing today? I'm doing lovely, Dakota. Thank you so much for having me. A pleasure. Thank you for coming on. Um, so if you don't mind, just give us a, you know, a little background about yourself and you know, kind of your journey from uh, Kutztown to where you are now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you again for having me. This is such a great opportunity. Um, mm -hmm. I'm super thankful for it. When I graduated Kutztown, I graduated back in 2017, which makes me feel ancient now that I'm saying that, <laughs> now that we're in like a completely new decade. Well, I was 2016, so you know. Okay, okay. you got it, you got it. <laughs> Um, I graduated back in 2017 with a degree in electronic media from Kutztown University. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons I chose Kutztown was specifically because with that degree, you have to do an internship in order to graduate. Mm -hmm. And I knew myself back in high school and I said, I know internships are so important, but I'm not going to go out of my way and go out of my comfort zone to do that myself. And so having that opportunity from Kutztown saying, you know, that experience is so important that we're going to require that in order for you to graduate right. really set me up ultimately for the rest of my career. I did an internship, um, my final semester at Kutztown, and that ultimately ended up resulting in my first full-time job. So my internship offered me a full-time opportunity right after I graduated. So I graduated on Saturday and then come Monday morning, I started my first full-time job. So that was really, really I incredible. <laughs> and I credit Kutztown for that. That was the ultimate reason why I chose Kutztown was because mm -hmm. of that opportunity. And, you know, it really worked out tenfold. So I worked there after graduation for about nine months. And then shortly after realized I kind of wanted to move on, just try, you know, something different. And that's when I found the role at Reminder Media. And I've been there for a little over five years now. So oh, it's congrats. been an incredible <laughs> opportunity. Thank you. Um, really love Reminder Media and everything that they stand for and really just helping small business owners, real estate agents, financial advisors, just trying to um, provide them with as much value as possible in terms of mm -hmm. marketing and just really helping them ultimately live a life of freedom. So awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for that little, little intro. Um, sure. <laughs> so you did mention, you know, uh, you work at Reminder Media um, and one of the main uh, projects you work on there is managing the Stay Paid podcast. Um, could you give us a little bit of insight into maybe what that show is about and what your role like fully entails? Yeah, absolutely. So the Stay Paid podcast originated back, I want to say around 2018. It started before I joined uh, Reminder Media full time. But the Stay Paid podcast is really a marketing podcast, and it's geared towards helping small business professionals really get the tactical tips that they need to further their business and to mm -hmm. do more you know, revenue, things of that nature, get more referrals, really just helping the people that listen to the podcast get after an hour long episode, as many little nuggets that they can implement immediately after listening. There are so many podcasts on the market. And one of the things that we've seen at Reminder Media and just in doing the podcast in general is the more value you give is the more value you get back. So right. we love hearing from listeners. I listened to episode 325 on social media and I was able to get five leads just by this one post. Things of that nature that really, you know, we take the time and energy and it takes a lot, which I'm sure we'll get into, to produce a podcast. Yeah. And so for us to hear people come back to us and say, you know, thank you so much for giving us this value for free. I've paid hundreds of dollars for training courses that I didn't even get half the amount of value from listening to your free podcast. So um, 
that is essentially in a very high level uh, what state paid is about and why we produce it. Yeah. No, I've I've checked out um some of the episodes and they you have a really great, you know, conversation um about like you said, anything, you know, it could be about tips for social media, it could be about, you know, saving money and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I think it's it's great that you have two uh hosts essentially. Um yeah. not that you can't do a podcast by like a solo podcast, you absolutely can. Um, but there's sometimes like that unique tandem with having, you know, more than one person on where you can kind of bounce ideas off each other and be, you know, a little more of a conversation. Um, but yeah, I think, I think you guys are doing awesome. Um, obviously you have a, a nice following there, so that's great too. Um, so, so on the topic of that, how it doesn't have to be exactly, you know, the state paid podcast, how that got started, but like, what are the first steps someone should take when they're like looking to bring a podcast to life when they have an idea like, Hey, I want to start talking about this. Like what should they be doing to get started on that? No, that's a great question. We get that a ton, especially mm-hmm. from listeners of the podcast is I love your podcast. How do I emulate that? How do right. I do that for my own business? And the number one question we always lead with is what do you want from the result of creating a podcast? Because it's mm-hmm. so much that goes into it. I think it's Stephen Covey who says, start with the end in mind. And really saying, you know, if this is your end result, how do you kind of work backwards from that result? So we always say, you know, if it's things like I want to build relationships with my clientele, or I just want to do this as a hobby because I think it could be fun. You really need to ask yourself that question first before you dig into what it takes to produce a podcast. Um, I always recommend anyone that comes to me. (laughs) they always say like, what equipment do I buy? What, where do I start? Mm -hmm. And I always say to them, there's two things you need to know when it comes to podcasting. One, you have to be passionate about what you're talking about, because if you're not passionate about it, you're going to get burnout after seven episodes and you're not Mm going to want to do it anymore. Number two, you have to make sure that you're consistent above all. If you have those two things, you're going to be successful out, even outside of podcasting, just with anything in life. If you're driven because you're passionate about it, and you're consistent with it over time, you're going to beat out so many people who are just not, not consistent or aren't passionate about it. Um, So the consistency thing is a big one in the sense where I will always say record three episodes Mm -hmm. and see how you feel after three. If you want to record, if you love it and you love the process, record them, edit them, see how that feels before you fully commit to saying, I'm starting a podcast. If this is something that you want to do long-term, again, going back to the end in mind, what is your, what are you expecting to happen or what do you want to happen from producing a podcast? So I always just recommend to people, Hey, start with a few episodes, see kind of what happens from there and then build off of that foundation that you've created. Yeah. And that's a great point. Cause I feel like a lot of times um, people really just jump into it because it's a trend or, you know, I think maybe, you know, six, seven years ago, was really when podcasts started to get like super super popular um and now it's you know part of people will listen to podcasts when they drive to work or when right. they're you know before they go to bed or stuff like that um and so i think it's important like you said to kind of make sure you know why you're getting involved in that um and on the on the topic of equipment and programs um uh, which you kind of just briefly talked about mm-hmm. i feel like a lot of people they go into it and they'll go on like amazon or they'll go, like google like what are the best microphones what are the right. best headsets like right trying to buy like a whole like crane system to like, yep. hang your microphone yeah like, <laughs> you really you really don't sure will the quality of your audio be better i mean it will be but how often 
when you're having a conversation with one, someone you perfectly perfectly understand them. Right. So I think especially like you said, starting off with like three episodes um, and kind of like getting a feel for it. Like, is this something you want to do? Is this too time consuming for you? Is it not as enjoyable as you maybe thought? Are you not getting enough out of it? Um, those are all things you need to consider before you, you know, drop a hundred dollars on a, a microphone that you're going to use twice and collect dust. Yep. But, um, what would you say about, you know, buying equipment and, you know, choosing to go for headphones and microphones instead of just like using your AirPods or what you have already handy? Like when is that next step happen when you should upgrade? No, that's a great question. Um, I ultimately will recommend to people, before you buy any piece of equipment going on that, like three episode kind mm -hmm. of trend there is use your iPhone, use your Android, whatever phone you have. Generally speaking, they have a voice memos app record right into that, mm -hmm. edit that and see how you feel. Don't buy a single piece of equipment until you are confident that I am passionate enough to do this regularly. And I can consistently do this. I can add this into my schedule on a regular basis. Once you get to that point, I would say after you've done anywhere between three to seven episodes where you're like, okay, I'm invested. I really love this. I love mm -hmm. what I'm doing. I love the editing, the production, things of that stance. That's what I would say. Okay. Take a deeper look into the quality of what you're doing. But before you do that, going back again to the end in mind is like, why are you doing this? Cause if you're mm -hmm. just doing this for a hobby, I'm not going to suggest that you spend thousands of dollars in equipment unless you just have that the financial ability to do so. Right. I would say spend a couple hundred bucks, you know, get more quality equipment than just a phone mm -hmm. and then go from there if you want to improve from there. If you are doing this for a business side of things, that's when I would say maybe you want to get a little bit more investing into the quality because at the end of the day, that's a direct correlation to the quality that you put into your business. If you have a quality podcast, people are immediately going to get the impression of, oh, this person gives a crap about quality. Yeah. They care yeah. about what they're putting out there. So I would say, again, really resulting from what you want from this podcast. Do you want to do this for a hobby or do you want to do this for business? Obviously there's a multitude. I just go back to those two because those are the two that I hear the most, yeah. but it really goes back to what do you want from this? And that will kind of result in the direction that you should take when it comes to improving the, um, the equipment and programs that you're using for your podcast. Yeah, no, I agree. Absolutely. With that, because um, so a friend of mine, we, we run our own sports podcast and we started out, like you said, I just had my, you know, Beats or Apple headphones that I plugged into my Mac and yep. we would hop on Zoom and record. And that was, you know, that was the co the content and people enjoyed it. And there was, you know, it wasn't the most amazing quality, but it sounded good and it was clear. And the points I was trying to make were getting across. So, like you said, once you get deep enough in it, you can start to like if you're getting money back or if you find that you want to improve the quality after you're like 10 plus episodes in, then you start to invest and you can invest in levels, right? You you can start out upgrading to, you know, like a mid-level head like equipment set, right? Um, maybe under a hundred to keep budgets, you know, tight. Um, and then after you've continued to see success, continue to grow your podcast, then you can invest again. So it's yeah, the podcasting is an investment. If your show is something you care about um, and you think it's going to be for the long haul, then you have to kind of schedule things out in your head. And, you know, when, at what point do I need to invest in, in upgrading equipment? But I think you made a great point using the, the stuff you already have, like your voice memos and testing equipment and 
yeah, I think you can really do a lot with a little. Um, yes. So it's good to hear that from another person as well. But yeah, definitely. So moving on to, I mean, we kind of talked about how to start, you know, where, what should go through your mind when you're trying to start, but how long in your experience do you think it takes the average entrepreneur to launch their podcast? Do you see people jumping way too fast? Um, are there, are there wrong and right times to get started? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, I think there's like a Chinese proverb that I reference all the time when it comes to this of it says the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time to do it is now. The only wrong time to start a podcast <laughs> is when you're not prepared. Mm -hmm. The right time to do it is now. If you're interested in doing it and trying it, even if you try it and you do the three episodes and you go, yeah, this isn't for me, then at least you tried and you know. There are so many different avenues that you can go down with content creation. It's not an end-all be-all of if you think that you want to do a podcast and you do a couple episodes and you're not about it, that doesn't mean that you can't produce any form of content. There's so many other options out there. The only wrong time I will say to produce a podcast and to start a podcast is when you've recorded one episode, you have it all ready to go. It's your little child that you're ready to release into the world. <laughs> and then you don't produce anything for the next three months, for the next right. three weeks. My only piece of advice when it comes to starting a podcast is making sure that you are sitting down with yourself and saying Tuesday afternoons at three o'clock or whatever time works best for you, you are consistently blocking at least an hour out to record, to edit, whatever it may be, your mm -hmm. podcast. And you don't let anything interfere with that. In the same way of if I had a 10 a.m. at Kutztown, I wasn't skipping that class. I was right. going to that 10 a.m. I wasn't letting anything, maybe every now and then, but for the <laughs> most part, I wasn't letting anything interfere with that. You have to be as serious as that. Otherwise it's not going to happen, especially if you're not getting paid to do it. It's not a job. It's something that you just want to do on your own, consistently blocking out time to do that over time versus I'm just going to do this one time. I'm going to let it happen. And then I'm never going to look at it again for another two, three weeks, two, three months kind of right. deal. So that's my biggest piece of advice is if you're going to start it, make sure that you're putting a plan in place and you're not just creating it again, unless it's just a hobby of yours that you just want to do every now and again. Um, I would say making sure that you're blocking out a schedule to take this seriously and to be consistent with it over time. Yeah, I can't I can't even mention how many times I've gone on like Apple or Spotify, you know, looking for podcasts and I see some shows that have some good content and I'm like, oh, well, they posted, you know, two weeks apart and then like two months apart. Yep. Oh, they haven't posted since 2021. Like, so it's like you said, it's important to have a structure and a schedule, um, which kind of leads into my next question. Um, how do you recommend people, you know, plan it out? I know you said, you know, the, the three month or three episode rule is a good launch point. Um, but how do you recommend, you know, if they're going to be serious about it, um, playing out months in the head or is it weeks ahead? Um, does it depend on if you're going to have guests on or if you're going to be doing, you know, topics related to the month that we're in or the seasons? You know, yeah. what's what's a good approach to planning out your podcast? That's a great question. When it comes to how we do it for Stay Paid, and this mm -hmm. is what I've seen be the most successful, we've tried a multitude of different things over the last few years. Um, cause we're consistently, you know, just trying to improve our processes and whatever is working the best we want to run with. I would say you want to sit down and determine kind of like what you said, you hit the nail on the head is 
Will you have guests? Will you do it by yourself? Or will you consistently do it with a co-host similar to how Josh and Luke do it on Stay Paid? Right. If you do it with guests, that requires a bit more planning. So you can make sure that you're not only working with your schedule, but you're working with your guests schedule as well. Mm -hmm. So that will take a little bit more time, in which case you'll want to plan that out more than if you were to just do it by yourself or consistently with a friend of yours. That's point number one. Point number two is you want to make sure that you are planning, I would say at least a month out. That way you're able to tackle the topics that you want to kind of run down because you're going to want to do some sort of outline. You're going to want to make sure that you're prepared for these episodes. Being prepared for your recordings is one of the most underrated things. I think people don't necessarily understand when they go into doing a podcast. Mm -hmm. They say, oh, I want to do a podcast relating to what kind of camera you should use for wedding videography. And they sit down saying, oh, I know a bunch about this. And then they record an hour long episode, 20 minute, whatever it is. And they listen back to it and say, oh, I just rambled for 20 minutes and I don't want to use this. I'm going to have to redo it. So that proper pre-production is (laughs) key when it comes to producing anything, but especially podcasts. So I would say just making sure it's going to be different for everyone, depending on how many episodes you want to release a week. I would start with one and no more than one. That way you can build up that backlog of content. And then once you're consistent and good with that, then you can always add on. I would say once a week, planning out no less than a month in advance. That way you're able to nail down what topics you want to go through, when you want to release, that gives you plenty of time to edit. And then you can always adjust depending on what works best for you outside of those parameters. Awesome. Yeah. And so like to branch off that, one of the last points you made was starting off with one episode a week or, you know, maybe one episode a month. How do you kind of determine what's appropriate? I mean, obviously there's, you know, your own impacts and your own responsibilities that will have, you know, a change on what you can, how much you can produce. Right. Um, But what do you generally recommend? Should they do weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, you know, what would you, what would you say? I would recommend doing it every week. I feel like I keep coming back to this, but it really does go back to what your plan is for Mm -hmm. your podcast. Because if you are trying to build trust and relationships with people who could potentially be clients of yours, you want to make sure you're doing that consistently. Because if you're only doing it once a month, you are not going to have the same impact as you would if you were doing it once a week. Mm -hmm. So consistently going back and realizing before you start anything outside of passion and consistency, who is your target audience? Who are the people that you want this to reach? Because that will fully determine your schedule. That will determine how often you want to do it, what what length your podcast is going to be. If you have an older demographic, they can be a little bit longer than if you have a younger demographic, just solely based on the generalization of attention spans for both of those groups. So it really goes back to what you want for your podcast to be, who your podcast is targeted towards. I always will recommend once a week. I think that that is a good cadence for staying top of mind, having that mind share and being consistent for your listeners, Mm -hmm. but also not overdoing it and saying, oh, I have 12 podcasts I have to record by the end of this month in order to keep up with it. I would say no less than once a week if you want to consistently do this over time. But again, similar to what you said, everyone's going to be different. It's going to be a little bit different for everyone. If you're doing like a monthly recap in pop culture, obviously you can't do that once a week. You'll want to focus on the biggest events that happen over the month. So I would just take it day by day, week by week, see what works best for you after recording. I think it goes back again to what we talked about of what does it look like to have three episodes ready to go? 
because after you do those first three episodes, I know there are people that record podcasts an entire day and they just block out from eight to five. I'm going to sit down and record as many podcasts as possible. And then I'm set for however many weeks, depending on how many episodes I get done. If you can sit down and do that, that is an incredible strategy. But I also know people will record one episode a week or two episodes a week so they can stay ahead of what their release schedule is as well. Mm-hmm. No, those are phenomenal points. And I think it's important to know, like, yes, you can have, you know, your show only come out once a month, but you just have to keep in mind where you're at um, as far as your, you know, listener base. Um, if you have, you know, friends and family that are, that's your show is the only thing they listen to, you can do once a month. Um, but you have to keep in mind if you're trying to grow your show, um, like you said, once a week, or even once every other week is really great because it's it's a consistent thing. Yep. Um, whereas if you're once a month or once every like two months or once a quarter even, you're going to get lost in the void of thousands of other shows that yeah. people people might forget because they're not always going to get notified when you post another episode and stuff. So um, yeah, I think the three, three episode once a week rule is a really great starting point because um, then you can kind of plan out like, oh, is this something I can really do? can i can i manage doing it once a week um can i manage doing this many episodes so it's a really great test to see what's what's going to work best for you and your schedule so it's a phenomenal point um so one thing we we often see people have a lot of questions about when doing podcasts is royalties and copyright so people always think well do i need to have intro music or you know outro music what kind of different if I want to add video into my you know podcast episode um, because I'm going to be on YouTube and I want to have you know examples of what I'm talking about you know what what's important to know before getting involved in that and you know the the copyright issues and royalties and what's some good resources I guess as well to to find some free free stuff for maybe a intro music and stuff like that absolutely um I will always, until the the day I pass, say never ever use copyrighted music mm-hmm. anywhere. Anything copyrighted, if it doesn't bite you in the butt now, may five years down the line bite you in the butt. It mm-hmm. is always, always, always better to err on the side of caution when it comes to anything copyright. Right. We only use royalty-free music. There are so many different sites that you can use. I love soundstripe.com. It actually, it has thousands and thousands of songs um, on the database there. It has stock video, it has sound effects. It has really anything you would need to start Mm -hmm. out. One of the things that I love about Soundstripe is that it could have one song, but multiple different versions in length of that song. So if you wanted, if you liked a song that was three minutes long, nine times out of 10, there will be a little button that has like alternate lengths of that song so Mm -hmm. if you like the three minute song they might have a 15 second version that you could use for an intro again going back to what we talked about with the three episodes i would just focus when you're first starting out on just getting an episode recorded and edited and then add all of the bells and whistles after you get to a point where you say i'm good to be consistent with this over time Mm -hmm. because even as something as minor as a five second intro will take you a bit to create and really perfect to the point where you feel comfortable doing this, because this is one of those things where it will not change every single episode. You have to be consistent with your intro. There are things during the podcast, like the intro and the outro that for any podcast, you just hear consistently because it helps build that mind share of, 
when I hear this song, I think of Dakota's podcast. Right. When I hear this song, I think, oh, that's the stay paid intro. Not that you're hearing it on the radio, but it just like kind of puts you in the mode of this is what I'm listening to. And this is what I'm expecting to get from hearing things like that. It's just the way, way our brains work with the psychology. So that will take some time. There are a ton of sites that have royalty-free music. YouTube has a library of royalty-free music and sound effects. Mm -hmm. So I would always say, like I said, err on the side of caution. Don't use copyright anything, whether it comes to imagery, video, music, um, and always go with the royalty-free options. There are a bunch out there. Uh, we use Soundstripe. There's another one called Envato. A lot of them nowadays, instead of buying individual songs like you used to, like everything in life, everything is a subscription model now. Yeah. So you'll pay <laughs> a flat rate to get, you know, a certain level of whether you just want music or you want mm -hmm. music and sound effects or you want stock video. Um, I think I did Envato about a year ago and it was maybe, I don't know if this is the same as it was when I signed up. So don't take my word on this, check this for yourself. But I believe I paid 200 bucks for the year and it was unlimited everything. It was unlimited songs. There were fonts there that if I wanted to adjust graphics, um, things of that nature, right. I would check out Envato. Um, but if you're only looking for music and things of that nature, I would check out Soundstrike because their library is massive and it has a lot of different options for you to run with. Yeah, I have I have browsed through Soundstripe before, um, and you can always if you're you know know how to do it, you can always make your own music too, right? Definitely. You know how to record that and and get that into the your computer or whatever your you know uploading system you're using is. Um, yeah, I that's a great point because I found out the hard way uh, about the copyright issues when I first started. You know, because um, we were posting, we were uploading to Apple and Spotify and YouTube. I um, mean, YouTube is pretty strict about a lot of that yeah. stuff. So I forget what the exact, it was like a, I think we were using like an Oli Sunny reference or something in one of our episodes. Um, and the audio was, was captured by YouTube and they're like, Hey, you can't use this. And we're, they took down the episode. Um, and I got warnings and all this and that. So yeah, you have to, you have to be careful. And like you said, uh, stay on the side of caution, um, and just kind of explore the, the free, you know, different free options you have and different paid versions of royalty free music. Cause there's a lot out there. There's a lot of yes. options. Um, and you don't want to put all this work and effort into your show and then have it taken down because you violated like a three second audio. Correct. Issue, yes. So. And I know on YouTube, especially, I think you only get three warnings before your entire account gets taken down. Mm -hmm. And it also influences once you hit a thousand subscribers on YouTube, you're able to initiate monetization, which is essentially where you get to run ads at the beginning, middle or end of your episodes or whatever right. video you're posting. Um, if you plan on monetizing, once you get to that point and you have copyright music, you are not able to monetize anything because YouTube says, oh, well, there's copyright information in here. And they are, like you said, they are so good with <laughs> anything copyrighted will yep. get flagged by YouTube. So definitely err on the side of <laughs> caution for that. Yeah. Err on the side of uh, caution when it comes to anything relating to that, especially on YouTube. Yeah. No, that's a, uh, it's, it's important. I know it's like, you know, some people might be, oh, that's a little, that's a little scary. I don't want to deal with all that. It's, it's not, you just have to know what you're you're getting into. It's not nothing to be worried about. Mm -hmm. um, it's just, you know, be careful. Make sure what you're producing is your own. You're not, it's like when you're in school and you were writing a paper, you know, you're not going to plagiarize. You want to credit sources and you want to make sure what you're saying is of your own, you know, your own thoughts, your own beliefs and stuff like that. And definitely, so you'll be, you'll be fine. 
Yeah. It, we're uh, making it sound scarier than it yeah, actually no, yeah, is. No, it is intense if you go the copyright route. If you don't, there are yeah. thousands on thousands on thousands of options for royalty-free. They make it super easy, especially with the uptick in podcasts and YouTube channels. There mm-hmm. are so many different resources out there. So okay. definitely don't be afraid to look into that. Yeah. No No jail time. Hopefully. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, so, so on that topic, we we mentioned YouTube. Um, on the topic of jail time. <laughs> on to- yeah, on topic of jail time. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you recommend any uh, specific podcast hosting sites when people are getting started? Um, you know, there's obviously there's a lot of paid versions, there's a lot of free versions, but you know, with the free versions, there's you know you're not gonna have as many benefits and maybe security as a lot of the paid versions. So. Uh, if you could speak briefly on that and what you kind of recommend. Sure. We use Libsyn.com and we have loved Libsyn. I believe that is a paid version, what, what we're using, but I do think that they have a free version. I would want to check that out a little bit more. Um, and what's nice about Libsyn is you upload your podcast episode and you schedule it, you add the title description, the graphic that you want to use, and it will distribute it on its own to all of the different podcasting apps. So you don't have to manually upload it to every single one. Obviously, like I said, that is the paid version. When it comes to free versions, I know for a fact that most people are listening to podcasts on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. And I know that both of those platforms have an option for you to organically upload your episode through their podcasters portal on, um, I almost said on state paid on Spotify and on Apple. So I would look into that again, at minimum, when you're starting your podcast, before you invest any time, any money, anything into paying for a distribution site, I would just do the bare bones work and just upload them organically, schedule them through those sites until you know, okay, I'm good to invest in this over a long period of time. Yeah. And and I would say most, um, if you start out on one site, most of the time you are able to move your, your podcast to a different um, service. So if you start out on like Spotify or Anchor or whatever they're calling it now, um, you can switch that over to like you want to go through rss.com or you want to change to just going straight through apple on their platform um or if you want to go a paid route like you mentioned so there are there are a ton of options and uh i think a lot of people would, would be scared to say oh i can't leave because then my my show's gonna disappear but i've probably changed our streaming on my or our hosting site at least two or three times mm-hmm. and all of my episodes are still on every platform so uh it just takes a little bit of like you know searching around, do your Google homework um, and figure out what's a good site for you. And again, it's, it's the same thing with like when we talk about equipment, um, you know, you have to test the waters and you don't want to invest a ton of money if you're not actually going to come through with something. So find a good free um, provider that you like. Um, I do think Spotify's, uh, I think they're calling it, it's called Spotify for podcasters now. It used yep. to be called Anchor. Um We've used that a lot and it's good. It has a good landing page. Um, you can have, you know, you can schedule out episodes. You can add cover art. Uh, you can have descriptions of your show. You can number the shows for every you know episode you upload. So that's a good starting point. And then if you want to invest more money in it, um, then you can start looking for those paid options. But it's a great point you made. So um, as far as, so let's, so let's, paint a picture you you've done your three episodes yep. you're going to go through with making more you have starting to plan it out but you're not maybe getting a ton of listeners so 
what are some best practices in kind of marketing your podcast? And you know, does that involve creating social media accounts that are separate from your own personal or your own business accounts? Should your podcast have its own social media? Um, should it have its own website? What are some some best practices you would recommend for kind of getting a bigger audience? That's a really great question, specifically because we struggled with this a lot in the mm -hmm. early years of Stay Paid. I would say it took probably around 100 episodes for our podcast to get traction. And we didn't change anything about the content. It was mm -hmm. just the consistency over time and the consistency, honestly, within our friends and family who saw our podcast consistently happening to realize, oh no, this is a legit podcast. This isn't someone that's just recording something in their basement and uploading it once every three months. Like right. this is a consistent value-based piece of content that I want to ingest on a regular basis. So with that, before I even get into any of the actual bulk of this answer, please understand if you're starting a podcast and you do not immediately take off, that is normal. It yeah. is normal for your podcast to not immediately receive thousands of downloads. Even if you send it to every single one of your friends and family, you will not immediately skyrocket because that's just not how, what's the word I'm looking for? Success doesn't happen overnight is really True. what it comes down to. It takes time. So when it comes to marketing the podcast, I absolutely would recommend posting as much as you can on social media. Mm -hmm. I have always seen that posting on a personal account will do light years better than it will on a brand new account because you already have a following on your personal account. Mm -hmm. And odds are, if you're creating a podcast about something, it's something that you're passionate in, which nine times out of 10 will resonate with some of the people that you are connected with already on social media. So I would absolutely say post as much as you would like on your personal social media account. There's a lot of imposter syndrome of people starting podcasts that says like, oh, well, I don't think anyone would actually want to listen to this. You have to get that little voice out of your head because right. ultimately your podcast, your piece of content is not going to do well if you, before you even post anything are already beating yourself down saying that this isn't good enough. You exactly. have to act like this is the best piece of content and train <laughs> your brain to say, no, people will get value from listening to this. People will like this and retrain your brain before you even get to the, what if someone thinks I'm condescending for posting this? Or what if, you know what I mean? Like just the yeah. what ifs consistently fill your head. I would say post on your personal account, create a social media account dedicated to the podcast. But even bigger than that, I would suggest creating a Facebook group or a Facebook mm -hmm. page for the listeners of your podcast. I know that I have started to listen to podcasts because there have been Facebook pages that I've been invited to, or I have had the similar interest in that my friends listen to. And they say, oh, there's, you know, you can connect with the other listeners and you're almost a part of a community. Yeah. At that point, you're creating a community of like-minded people versus, oh, this is just a social media account. And I'm just posting to let you know, I have a new episode that's dropping. Right. So it's building that community, I think is where social media is kind of aiming towards right now. And that's what a lot of people are gravitating towards is Facebook groups are making a comeback bigger than they have in the last probably 10 years. Yeah. So anything that you can do to provide a community for the people that are listening to your podcast so people can chat with each other, people can network is what I'm seeing a bunch of podcasts do. So even bigger than just posting regularly on social media, I would definitely look into creating a Facebook group or a Facebook page so people can consistently kind of communicate with each other and network in that front. No, that's a great point. Because I feel like a lot of times, you know, people will, it's almost like watching TV, right? You're going to like people would watch a show of like Game of Thrones and they're jumping on Twitter to like leave yeah. their thoughts on it. It's right. the same idea where it's like if you have that group, um, that community that you're starting to build up, 
people can and jump in and talk about your latest episode or maybe they're, they'll bring up what their favorite episode was. And not only is it a great way to engage with people and grow your base audience, but you can also get feedback just by seeing what people are talking about. Maybe they point out something they didn't like or something that they love and you're like, okay, I will incorporate that more or maybe I'll cut back on that. So there's a ton of, ton of benefits to, like you said, the Facebook groups is definitely a good, good starting point. Um, and I, I agree wholeheartedly with the post on your personal accounts. I think you should create a separate account for your podcast. But um, when you're getting started, like when I, when we got started with, with our, you know, sports podcast, I was posting on my personal account and that's how we grew our initial, you know, audience. Um, Cause when I was posting just from the podcast page, it was like two likes and, you know, 10 views or whatever. It was, right. I was like, this is going nowhere. So then you start right. posting on an, a pre-established audience base and you will get, you know, a better response out of that. So again, great points as you made all episode on <laughs> kind of how to, <laughs> how to structure things out and how to plan. Um, so on that same kind of marketing aspect, what content do you think works best when you're trying to advertise your show, um, let people know that you have new episodes? Um, is it, you know, posting video clips or is it posting short audio segments or is it just a, a picture with an announcement? What do you think works works really well so far? I think that right now, as we record this, today is June 8th. Short form video is absolutely dominating on every single channel when it comes to social media, which is new to social media as a whole. What worked on Instagram in the past did not necessarily work on Facebook and vice versa. So short form video will be something that I will continue to ride the wave on <laughs> until the reach and the engagement goes down. I would absolutely recommend short form video, but what I would recommend for social media and what we've seen work is not only clips from your episode, because that's what people expect, but doing the unexpected and posting behind the scenes content, post the things you want to understand or really think in the mind of why someone would want to follow this account. If I'm already listening to the full podcast, I don't necessarily need to follow the podcast account on Instagram, on Facebook, because I've already heard the content that I'm going right. to hear in the full episode. So it's why would I want to follow this account? What am I going to see that I'm not already getting from the podcast episode itself? Sure. So we post, um, we do a bunch of photo shoots with Josh and Luke. So we can add some of that credibility to the feed. We can mm -hmm. add it as in, you're already seeing when you're scrolling on Instagram, when you're scrolling on Facebook, what are you already seeing on that app? And you want to kind of mimic that to a certain extent of when you go on Instagram, you're seeing pictures of people. You're seeing pictures of people laughing. You're seeing the, the photo dumps of people like, this is what I did in May, things of that nature. Like you want to make sure that you are following trends on that scope. So posting photos of you doing the podcast, of you behind the scenes so people can get a better idea of you as an authentic person and not just, mm. oh, this is a podcast account and this is only going to be posting clips from the episode. I think we need to, as content creators, think outside the box when it comes mm. to promoting the podcast. So often people just gravitate towards, I'm just going to post clips. But like I said, if people are already listening to the podcast, they're nine times out of 10, they might follow because they enjoy the podcast and they might right. look for those individual clips, but they want to see more. They want to see behind the scenes content of you'll never believe what happened after we hit record. So-and-so fell over the microphone and we laughed, yada, yada, yada. If you have video of that, we have so much video. We start recording well before and well after the episode that so many times we'll just clip up bloopers from last week. We posted a blooper clip 
of Josh and Luke doing a silly vocal warm up, and that mm-hmm. got better engagement than the actual podcast podcast clip that we posted. So things on that line of just short form video is definitely king, but posting things that your audience will want to see outside of just the general podcast clip. No, yeah, that's a great idea. Well, I, I think it's all it's important to be consistent, but it's also important to be a little different and to be you know, create something unique. Um, and, you know, like you said, making something, making a funny post, um, making a meme out of one of your episodes, like, mm-hmm. stuff like that people go crazy. I mean, we had, I remember we had an episode that I, I used the clip like tons of times. And then I used it again in like a yearly recap video of one of my co-hosts. He, uh, I thought he sneezed. And I said, bless you. But his, the leg of his chair broke. And so it made this weird sound and we're like, what, what's going on? And he's like, oh, my, my chair just broke. We're like, how did, how'd your chair break? Like, so it was this whole like funny thing. And we're just like, it was a good, like little clip. Like you said, it's something, something a little different than your normal. And, you know, it's, it's a good way to, uh, to, to change up the pace a little bit. Um, yeah. So yeah, finding, you know, and I think that scares a lot of people is like the whole editing thing, but you know, you just have to, you know, it's like when you're scrolling on social media, you just find something that's good you you listen to your own show and you see oh that, that that's a good thing we didn't really you know highlight too much let me bring that back up and mm-hmm. the thing with social media is it's so you could spend four hours on you know a graphic design and yeah. it gets two likes and then you could post a, a five second you know stupid picture and it's blows up yeah right it's really just about being consistent um if you're posting often enough and you're engaging with the people who like and comment on your stuff. Um, I mean, this isn't a social media episode, but this is just like simple things that can kind of help, you know, grow your show um, and keep people wanting to to listen and wanting to engage with that social media platform that you're using. So yeah, there's a lot that goes into it, but it's kind of just trial and error, especially in the beginning. Definitely. Um, so yeah, some good points there. Um, kind of moving off the podcast a little bit. Um, so Rachel Wolf, our Director of Digital Strategy and Leadership Development here at the Kutztown University Small Business Development Center, uh, happened to inform me that you are also an entrepreneur, which goes great with our um, you know, podcast is obviously uh, you know, centered around giving people who want to start a business or are using you know, their, their sources and running a business, um, some tips and tricks on different things that are going on in the world and so she informed me, like I said, you're an entrepreneur, you have your own business. Can you speak a little bit more on what you're doing um, and how that's kind of, how you're balancing that between, you know, your full-time work at Reminder Media? Yeah, absolutely. So shout out to Rachel Wolf. For shout those of you who don't know her, you should. <laughs> she is a saint and I love her to death. Met her mm-hmm. at Kutztown through the Connections Orientation Program and through housing. Um, one of my really good friends and I love her a ton. So Rachel, <laughs> if you're listening to this, shout out to you. Um, yes, I, it's so funny for a long time, whenever I heard the word entrepreneur, all I heard was the Grant Cardone's of the world where it's like, if you don't sleep for three hours a night, you're not an entrepreneur because you're not right. hustling enough. Right. And for the longest time, I was kind of against the idea of going into creating a small business of my own. Cause that's what I thought it was of like, Mm. if you are not pouring every single minute of your day into your small business, you will not be successful. And then I realized one day that that just wasn't true. Like you can be successful (laughs) depending on how much, obviously you have to put the work in, but it does not have to be a, you know, absolute grind mentality. There are things that you can do on the side 
to just continue to build the revenue and continue to get you towards your goals. So I recently have started to look into passive income Mm -hmm. when it comes to selling digital downloads, selling items on Etsy, Shopify, things of that nature. It is still a very early process because like you said, I do work a full-time job. So to find time is definitely something that I struggle with a little bit and I'm working on similar to what I said earlier of the podcast was a little bit vindictive in myself of saying, I need to make sure that I'm nailing down at least one day a week, at least an hour a week of spending time doing things that will get me closer to my goals financially and just what I want my life to look like long-term. Right. Um, so I do have an Etsy account. It's called Wonderlust by Ariel. And I just do a lot of just things that I love to do and things that I love to design. I got an iPad about a year ago. I mm-hmm. um, was, it was funny around Christmas time, I was getting gifts for friends and family and I went overboard on my one friend. So I kept one of the gifts for myself and it was an affirmation set. And it was essentially 52 affirmations mm-hmm. where every single day, not every day, sorry, every week you would flip a new affirmation and that would just be, it would just sit on your desk. It's only about yay big. Sorry for the people that are listening. It might be like three inches <laughs> by three inches. I'm like holding it up as if you can see. Um, and it's just little cards. And I really loved them. I would post them on my social media every Monday and say, hey, mm-hmm. here's the affirmation for the week. And I had a ton of people come to me and say, where did you get that? I want that. And of course, when you buy something, for those of you who don't know, when you buy something at TJ Maxx and Marshalls, when you tell people I bought this at TJ Maxx or Marshalls, they immediately know there's no way I'm going to find that because every TJ Maxx and Marshalls is completely different from the next. Um, And it got to a point where I said, well, I could make these. I could create these myself. Mm -hmm. And that's essentially where the Etsy shop kind of snowballed from. Uh, I just knew that there was a demand for it because I had so many people asking me on a regular basis where they could get them. And I didn't have a good answer of go to this site and you can get it yourself or check it out on Amazon. And so I just created it myself and that's kind of where it started. So like I said, it's still very much in the early stages. My goal is to start getting a new product up every week. Um, And there are a bunch of resources on that front. That's a whole completely different podcast that we could talk about, but it really is just utilizing your resources. And when it comes to the entrepreneur side, understanding that, it doesn't have to be, you know, work, 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 and you don't get to enjoy your personal life. There definitely is a balance in everything in life. And it's just trying to figure out where your goals are and where you want to be, and then putting the pieces in place to get you there. Yeah. No, and that's a, that's one thing I feel like a lot of people, they, they say that they stumbled into their entrepreneurship and they never thought they would be, you know, running this X amount of X business, you know? So Um, that's the beauty of it. You can really decide. Um, it's kind of like what you were saying earlier about, um, you know, it's the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, but yep. the second best time is now. So things, things happen in blink of an eye. So, um, there's never really a perfect time to start a business, but like you said, sometimes it just comes naturally. And then that's sometimes the most, you know, for you and for, you know, what your goals are for that business, sometimes the best, right. Cause then you can kind of go your own pace because it wasn't something that you're reliant on. It's a, like you said, a secondary income. So, um, but that's awesome. So what do you think, I guess, since you, you said you were just getting started, but what does, what is the future hold for that kind of business? Do you have like a goal in mind that you want to accomplish or is it still very free flowing and you're trying to just, you know, waddle your way through? Yeah. So for right now it's free flowing. One of the things that I struggle with as a creator is burnout because Mm -hmm. you're consistent, especially when you do a creative role full-time for a company, it's very easy to feel not 
it's very easy to get burnout in the sense that you're doing a lot of the same things consistently. And one of the reasons I did the Etsy shop and, you know, the affirmation sets was I just wanted to go back to the core of who I am as a creator and create to just create. And I just wanted to create something that I didn't have a deadline or didn't have um, a large amount of weight or impact. I just wanted to do it to feel like a creator again, without the pressure of, I have to get this done by a certain deadline or things of that nature. So that's essentially where it started. And for right now, I'm good with it kind of just continuing on in that life. Obviously being able to sell some of the things that I'm creating is a bonus, but at the end of the day, I just love the, the ability to be able to sit down and say, I just want to create for the fun of it, to go back to why I'm a creator in the first place of doing things that I'm passionate about and creating art and creating things that I just love to create because that's just who I am as a human. I'm a creator and being able to come back to that is really, I just, it find, I find that it grounds me and it helps me center my focus. And then when I'm grounded, I'm able to be that much better in my full-time role. When I'm able to kind of come back to my center and say, I'm just going to take some time to create just for fun. Mm-hmm. And then once I feel ready to go, then I'm ready to go back to work in a better way and in a better Ariel than I was before then. So for right now, it's just a free flowing thing. I'm just creating when I can and when I can kind of find time for it. Obviously the goal would be to have, you know, an additional revenue source so that I can make money and help pay rent and help pay for vacations and things of that nature. That's definitely the goal. Yeah. Um, But yeah, for right now, it's just kind of, creating to create and just enjoying the process. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Um, so kind of with that, to kind of close out on your your business and then on the the episode really in general, um, what are some things that you, you'll you never compromise on or things that, um, you know, you really stand by uh, when it comes to your business and, you know, your role as a, as a social media manager and kind of, you know, running those those different podcasts? Yeah. I love that question. You sent that over to me and I was like, wow, that's a really great question to close out. So kudos to you on that one. Thank you. Um, One of the things that I feel, and this is going to get real philosophical. So like, please bear with me as I go through this. I'm ready. I feel like society (laughs) as a whole right now, there's so much lack of authenticity. And I feel, you know, you go on Snapchat or Instagram and every story has a filter on it or some sort of everything. There's just less authenticity. And my goal and my, what I'm passionate about is providing value. Definitely above all is how can I provide value based on the knowledge that I have and the resources I have to people who are just starting out. I remember Mm -hmm you know, freshman Ariel at Kutztown who was scared out of her mind because she was with a bunch of peers who knew way more than she did. What can I do for people like that to help propel to better than I'm at where I am right now? So authenticity is a big one for me. Value is a big one for me. And just being my authentic self and going after what I'm passionate about, because like I said, being a creator is incredible and it's a very fulfilling role but also has a lot of burnout tied to it. So mm-hmm. wherever I can find myself able to create where I'm passionate about what I'm creating and I can be my authentic self is really where I try to kind of lead the course of my life. So authenticity and providing value are two of the things that above all, no amount of money will be able to kind of sway or dictate those two things. Those are two major pillars in my life that I won't be swayed on. Yeah, no, I, I love that point. And 
I think that's also a great close to just what people should do with their, you know, their podcast and even just, uh, you know, their business in general is be authentic, be genuine, because that way you're being, you're having that real conversations, right. And you're, you're able to kind of show what you stand for, what you're about. um, And you're not putting up some wall just to, you know, gain a couple of listeners or gain, you know, some followers or whatever. It's, being authentic, being genuine and like, you know, standing by your morals, I think is really, really important. Like you said, it's something that's oftentimes lost in this digital age of, you know, social media and everything's online and filters here and there, like you said. Right. So um, really, really great point. Um, any, any final thoughts or recommendations for anyone listening um, before we kind of close out here? Um, to go back to the authenticity part, um, life is too short to not do what you love. Mm. So if I could share one message with the world, it's if you feel like you're in a job right now that you don't love, or if you feel like you're doing things that are not authentic to you, there's never a, a bad time to restart. You're never too old to start something new. You're not, my grandmother got married at 90 years old, oh, wow. got remarried. Like it's just, there are so many yeah. things in this life that I think that we put constraints on our own mind of oh, I, I'm too old for this, or I'm too far gone. Life is too short. If you're passionate about something, follow that, follow that dream of yours. It's never too late. And if you're not doing it now, that doesn't mean that there's not time in the future for you to kind of shift gears and move forward towards that. Yeah, absolutely. And and to kind of echo that, it's like, don't don't fall into a trend. Don't fall into a, I have to do it this way. You know, you can you can design your show. You can design your business um how you see fit you know you don't have to use other people's examples and say i have this is how they did it i have to do it exactly the same way no you can add creativity to it make it your own um be personal with it so yeah so much we could talk for hours on this yeah (laughs) but uh no ariel i want to thank you for for coming on you made some phenomenal points and it was a great conversation um and I want to just thank everyone else who was listening and supports the Let's Get Busy, Let's Get Busy podcast as part of the Kutztown University Small Business Development Center. Um, you can find the show on all your major podcasting and streaming platforms. Um, you can also check out Reminder Media. And they are various other shows on YouTube. Um, check out Ariel's Etsy shop. Um, and yeah, I hope everyone has a, a great day. And Ariel, thanks again for hopping on. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right. I'll see you later. 